Hello, my loves, and welcome to Healing the Podcast with your host, Ashlyn Tori. I'm a heels and burlesque instructor, a confidence mentor, and the creator of Studio Soli Luna, living in the gorgeous mountains of Asheville, North Carolina. In this safe and sacred portal, we will be having raw, real, and intentional conversations about dancing in a heel, spirituality, self-love, the dance industry, and all the taboo topics that dancers and women should be openly talking about. I am so excited to go on this journey with you. Now let the magic begin. Hello, my loves. I hope you are having such a magical day so far. I am beyond excited for today's episode because I got to interview my best friend in the entire world, Savannah Rasky. Savannah has been my closest friend since 2014 when I moved to Utah. We met at Utah Valley University on the ballroom company there and just instantly clicked. I was drawn to Savannah for so many reasons, but mostly because she was unapologetically herself. She drove a pink Audi convertible. She wore sparkly boots. She wore flowers in her hair. She was just herself. She sang opera. She danced. She was also in the military. There were so many aspects to her that really just kind of drew me to her. And then I ended up living with her when I moved back to Utah and discovered Heels and Burlesque. So we've really been through it all together. It's been really special to be part of Savannah's journey and to witness one another go through our own evolutions. And when we met, we were both very much focused on like what we wanted to do and how social media was going to bring us the happiness and the fame and the recognition and admiration that we desired. And then we've both kind of seen each other transition from that to really serving and finding our purpose in our own very unique way. Savannah is a pilot. She is in the Air Force and training to be a fighter pilot, which is amazing. And I never, ever would have guessed that that's where her life would lead. And it's so amazing to see her thriving in her passion. And same for me, like, burlesque and heels and teaching classes online was not what I thought I would be doing when we first met. So it's been really beautiful to witness our stages of growth and evolution. And in this episode, we cover so much. We talk about everything from, again, the fluidity of life and really kind of going with the flow of what sparks your inspiration in the moment and allowing that time for self-discovery and for really like deep soul searching, you know, and then we also talk about the power of the mind. And this is one of my favorite parts of this conversation. Savannah drops like 50 gold nuggets (laughs) in our conversation about the mind and just how powerful it can be when we utilize the mind to our benefit, when we are able to have this autonomy over our mind and we can focus it on the things that we want in order to achieve our dreams and our goals. And we have so much control over our minds, but a lot of times we really let fear and self-doubt and limiting beliefs and societal programming and all these things stand in the way. But really, if we can just 
take our power back, if we can set aside time to take care of ourselves, to take care of our mind, our body, our spirit, all of those other things will just fall into place. And Savannah is a really beautiful example of that, of following those pings from the universe, of listening to what it is that your mind, body, and your soul needs, and to go after the things that you want, regardless of everybody else's opinions and thoughts. And she has a really beautiful perspective. I asked her a question about being a woman in a male-dominated industry, and I thought her answer was so beautiful and really had me like check myself to see what crutches I might be using to hold myself back, to limit myself, whether that's I'm a woman, whether that's I don't have as much training as the other person in the room, or I don't have the money that I need to achieve that goal. Whatever thoughts and limiting beliefs that we have, we can either become the victim through those thoughts, or we can, again, take the power back and conquer those limiting beliefs in order to have the mindset that it takes to achieve our goals. So it's all so, so good. I'm so excited for you babes to listen to this one, and it applies to anything. You do not need to be a pilot. You do not need to be in the Air Force for this conversation to impact your life and for you to take so many beautiful nuggets of wisdom from this conversation. If you ever felt like you weren't good enough or not smart enough or not strong enough or capable enough, but I feel like we all have those feelings, this insight, this wisdom that Savannah brings through is going to impact you so, so deeply. And if you could apply just even one or two of the thoughts and the practices that Savannah gives, you will see so much growth and change in your life. So I love you babes so, so much. Enjoy this episode with my best friend, Savannah Rasky. Babes, please welcome my bestie Savannah to the podcast. Savannah, thank you so much for being on the pod. Thanks so much for having me, bestie. <laughs> I'm happy to be here. <laughs> I'm so excited because Savannah is such a busy bee and I had to schedule a podcast to talk to her. Actually true. <laughs> and not only is Savannah just my best friend in the whole world, she's also just an incredibly badass and talented human being. She is currently in the Air Force training to be a fighter pilot. She's an artist, opera singer, dancer, and MMA fighter. <laughs> and there's truly nothing she can't do, which is so inspiring to me and just so many others. And her Instagram, The Savvy Traveler, has impacted so many people, but especially aspiring female pilots. So Savannah and I met at Utah Valley University in the ballroom company there and have been besties ever since. (laughs) (laughs) You summed that up perfectly. Wow. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) I am just so excited to dive into your background because from the outside looking in, and I feel like you are really strong, really confident, effortlessly on the outside, sailed from one thing to the next, from one passion project to the next. But I know personally that you have had to really fight for everything in your career as a pilot, and you have faced so much adversity to get where you are. So I'm excited for you to just share your story with the listeners, because hopefully you can inspire all of these women to fight for the things that they want and to, even when challenges come up and things come up, blocks come up, that they can still continue forward to achieve all of their dreams and all of their goals. And as women, things are never going to be easy for us. So we have to have that confidence and that willpower to just keep moving forward, even when things are hard. So I'm so excited to talk about it all. (laughs) I think you summed that up perfectly. I think my time here is done. Honestly, I can have said it better myself. So Savannah, where are you in the world right now? How old are you? And what are you currently passionate about? 
Well, I'm in this little town called Enid, Oklahoma, which honestly, before I moved here, I didn't know even existed. It's teeny tiny. I'm living on Vance Air Force Base and I'm 29 years old and I'm currently training to be a fighter pilot. And that's the trajectory my life is going to be on for the next foreseen future. It's just so crazy to me every time you say that, because when I met Savannah, she was like a sparkly pink Barbie doll who was dancing, singing opera, like she was an artist. She was doing all of this stuff. And now you're like, actually, I'm going to be a fighter pilot. (laughs) That's what my life is going to go. And I love that. It's so cool because everybody has things that they're passionate about and their life can take so many different courses. And I love how you've just kind of flown with no pun intended, no pun intended. <laughs> with how your life has evolved and taken you. So what is your sun sign? Okay. So my sun sign is Aquarius. I'm a February baby. Um, I don't know a lot about this and I'm actually more intrigued after talking to you to like kind of dive deeper into this because I'm really big into self-awareness and like really knowing my emotions and why I feel certain ways. And I just think it's good to explore all these different options and um, just like knowing you and everything that you've studied and learned, just getting to dive into that. So I think it'd be exciting to get more into that. All I know is amethyst is my stone. It's pretty. (laughs) I really don't know much about what that means and how that relates to my life, but I think that's something exciting I can look into. Yeah, definitely. And I was telling Savannah before we hopped on the podcast that knowing your sun, moon, and rising sign, the point of it is just to give you more information about yourself so that you can be better, do better, like understand yourself better so that you can use that in your life. So dive into it. You'll have so much fun. (laughs) You don't have to reach out to me if you have any questions. So what is your current morning routine? And I'm really curious about this because I feel like for most of the people that I talk to, yours might be really different than (laughs) most people. So I'm curious. Yeah. So I'm a big morning routine person. I love routine. I just thrive off of structure, um, which is really interesting because I think growing up, I always fought for freedom and I've just really found the most freedom when I have something to hold myself to. So it's kind of hard being at where I am right now because our schedule is ever fluctuating. It's always changing. Our showtime can range from six in the morning to noon to whenever they tell us to. So um, you have to be flexible. And that's something that I really learned on this journey is that when I would have a set schedule and I couldn't meet it, I'd beat myself up and be like, wow, I failed. But just learning that like, Hey, it's okay to shift things to certain times throughout the day. So um, what my schedule currently looks like is I'll wake up, in the morning, I'll read my scriptures. I think faith has been something that's really helped me through this journey. And so I really like center myself around God and filling myself with a really good light in the morning, say my prayers, just reminding myself why I'm grateful (laughs) because sometimes it's hard. Um, And then after that, I get my disco ball cup. And if you've seen Ashlyn's post, she had an amazing wedding and she has these wonderful disco ball cups and I put my pre-workout in there. And then I get on my Peloton and I pick a Kendall tool ride. She is my Peloton soul sister. She boxes and she's a fighter and she's just awesome. I'll do a 45 minute ride, do some core and then prep for the day, show up to my flight room and then kind of get that going. But as long as I start my day with like those solid things of like setting my spirit right, getting my body moving and then prepping myself, like having the snacks I need, having the fuel I need throughout the day, 
kind of taking care of my skin, those like little self-help things to make me feel centered and focused. Then I know like whatever happens that the day, like it's going to be okay. I try to make my bed. I'm not always good about it. Sometimes my wonderful boyfriend will come to my apartment later and make it for me, but <laughs> that's kind of my, my go-to right now. I really love how you incorporate the mind aspect. You incorporate the spirit aspect. You get your body moving. Honestly, those are the things that you need and, and I need as well to kind of start my day off on the right foot. If I skip anything, any of those like little pieces, yeah. nourishing yourself, you know, drinking plenty of water, those things that are so simple, mm-hmm. completely wreak havoc on your entire day. And you're like, oh, why did I have such a bad day? And then you're like, oh, did I do my workouts? Did I do my yoga? Did I drink yeah. water? <laughs> you know, yeah. all those things are, are really impactful and it's the little tiny habits. And this is something that I know from living with you when we <laughs> live together in Utah, you are so diligent on like hitting those really important things to you and, and habit stacking and atomic habits. is like a book. Ah, yes. I love that book. <laughs> and just combining these tiny habits in a way that feels really efficient, effective, and gets you started off on the right foot. And you have to do that to achieve a goal, like the goal that you have of being a fighter. Like there's no messing around. You have to make sure all pieces of you are aligned so that you can show up as your best self to those things. Honestly, that's so true. And I think sometimes we feel like especially me, I've struggled with this too, where I'm like, okay, I have to sacrifice this thing so that I can put more time into this thing. But as time goes on, I realize that that sacrifice isn't worth it in the end. Some things like you have to just, you can't sacrifice um, the things that are like your core and like pick like a core five, core three, where it's like, I will not sacrifice this because I know like it's not going to benefit me to do so. So some things like taking showers every single day like I'm like I really don't want to (laughs) but like what's gonna help me in the long run just and I think for me a big thing is making lists like I love my notes on my phone and every day I have that list of stuff to do and just having those core things knocked out I have like a set list where it's like there's five things and those things never change and then I'll have my to-do list that can change but like really self-evaluating and what's right for you is not going to be right for everybody else but like sticking to it and holding yourself to a standard where like, Hey, if I said, I'm going to wake up at this time, don't press snooze and then evaluate at the end of the day, like, did I do this right? And then like, just hold yourself accountable. And that's the biggest thing. I love that. That's so true. So I want to take things back a little bit back in time. (laughs) You became a pilot before you became the savvy traveler on Instagram. You were a dancer, like I said, an artist, a singer, and you were just so good at all three. Like most people, like, you know, they shine in one area and you were just like, actually, no, I'm really great at all of them, (laughs) which is so amazing. So how did your dance journey begin? And how did that transition to becoming the savvy traveler, which was originally focused as a travel account on Instagram? Yeah. So I guess like taking it back all the way. Um, I remember I was put in dance lessons when I was little, like every little girl is doing ballet and it was something I always loved, but like I never stuck to it. And I think that was the biggest theme in my life growing up was that I would start something, but I would never stick to it. And so I know we all look back and we're like, man, if I had just stayed with that when I was two, I'd be freaking awesome right now. But it was always something I, I think it was just something innate in me that I just loved. And it was something that spoke to my soul. And I think we can totally cultivate anything that we want in life, but something just come to us more naturally than others. And movement in the arts was that thing for me that just like made me feel alive. So any chance I got, I would dance and I would 
you know, do a hip hop team. I would do whatever teams growing up and just try my best. I wasn't that great, but I just, I loved it so much. And then going to UVU at Utah Valley University, I decided to audition for the ballroom team. And prior to that, I had taken some ballroom lessons and I just thought, hey, this is something I could probably do. Even though I didn't have a lot of training, I didn't realize how big ballroom was in Utah and how competitive it was and how people like have been doing it since they were born and how cutthroat it can be. I just was like, I need to dance. So I auditioned for the team and I started out, you know, pretty low on the teams. And it was at this time as well that I had surgery. Um, I had double knee surgery. So kind of melding two stories into one I started dancing I've had I've broken a lot of bones in my life had some surgeries and when I had my double knee surgery and I was out of dance for a bit that's when I started the savvy traveler so because this one creative portion of my life was taken from me of not being able to move I decided hey I still need to create I want to connect with people and uh, thankfully to my dad who let me travel so much growing up I had a whole stock of photos of all my journeys I'm like hey this would be cool Instagram started becoming a thing um, so from my little bed in my room all alone, I started the Savvy Traveler and it was my goal to become an influencer. I wanted to be a full-time influencer, being paid to travel, being paid, you know, free hotel compensations. I wanted that to be what I did with my life. And so those two things were kind of happening at the same time. And it was at that same time too at, U at UVU that I was like, I'm going to be a dance major, which like looking back just seems out of my mind right now because I'm like I really didn't have that much technical training I loved dancing and I I was pretty I was good but you know like if I look back on it honestly like there's no way I could have been a professional compared to everyone who like dedicated their whole life um to that and so it's funny to look back but um but yeah that's kind of how those two things started and dance has always been part of my life and it still actually helps me to this day with what I do that's amazing. I'm so grateful that you did that or else we never would have met. I know. <laughs> you know, it's so funny because I've truly met almost all of my closest friends through dance. And it's yeah. just, it's such a special way to connect and bond really quickly. You know, yeah. you're going through, especially we were on the backup tour team and we were waking up five in the morning to be there by six. And you better yeah. believe we had to be on point <laughs> or else we would get yelled at by Chris. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, Chris. <laughs> It was one of those things where it just creates these really, you know, special connections that bond you through the pain, the happiness, yeah. the excitement, the rush of performing. It's a really special way to connect to people. And we kind of bonded through all of the madness. Yes, <laughs> so then you were doing the Savvy Traveler. You were posting a lot of travel content. The places you were going were so amazing. And that was your focus. But where did the pilot piece come in? Where did that inspiration come from to be like, oh, I actually want to fly to my destinations now? <laughs> yeah. So honestly, it's all kind of crazy because if I really piece my life back together, you could always say like, oh, I was destined to be a pilot. It's what the cards laid out for me. But I never wanted my life just to fall the way that it seemed like it should. Like I wanted to be very conscious in every decision that I made. And my, so growing up, aviation was always a part of my life. And my dad wanted me, me to be a pilot since day one, since the day I was born. And I look back on old school projects and scrapbooks and I literally have written, I hate flying. I never want to fly. Like I have these in projects, like 
F like an alphabetical project and F is for flying. I hate flying. (laughs) And it's so true. Like I was very vocal about hating flying. And the reason that I did is because my dad, who I love and respect, and he's the reason that I'm here today is that he wanted it so bad for me that I just rebelled. I did not want to do it. I was felt like I was being forced into something. I think we can all kind of relate to that when we feel like we have to do something and we don't have a why, we don't have a purpose that like flying isn't easy. It's not like an easy thing to do. And so if you don't have a passion, you're just, you're not going to put yourself into it. And so being forced to do that, I'm like, I don't want to be a pilot. This isn't, I want to be a dancer. I want to be a creator. I want to be a singer. Like I want to be a star. I literally, like, I just wanted to be famous and I wanted, I wanted to be on the stage. I wanted to be in the spotlight. And so um, that's where I thought dancing and singing was going to take me. Begrudgingly, as I was getting my opera major at BYU Idaho, which is the school I went to before I went to UVU, I enlisted in the Air Force. And this was kind of like a peacemaking thing between me and my dad where I'm like, okay, I'm not going to be a pilot, but I will enlist in the Air Force because I think a part of me, even though, like you said, if you had known me before, like I always wore a giant, a giant flower in my hair and I always had, you know, like curly hair and I had sparkles and I had pink lipstick and I was just like very eccentric in that way which I loved but I think like deep down inside I was hiding being scared of never being good enough and I like even though I was terrified of joining the military I like deep down I knew it was something that I could do and I would never forgive myself if I didn't try and so I was like I have to do this and so I enlisted and I was in the subway with my dad the day before I left for boot camp and I was crying and I was absolutely terrified. I'm like, I'm like, everyone's told me I'm too weak. Everyone told me I can't do this. Like they're like, oh, Savannah, she's gonna be in the military. She's gonna be eaten alive. You know, it's like nobody believed in me um, except for my dad. And, and then as I stepped into that role of being stripped of everything of like having to take my mask off and having to look like everybody else and do what everyone else is doing and kind of compare myself to everybody else and like and work together as a team and all these walks of life and meet these women you're in a you're in this big bay with 40 women from all different walks of life and ages and you're thrown together and I was 18 years old and I didn't know anything and it, you really find yourself and I think that's where the spark of like not necessarily flying but being in the military and serving a greater purpose began and I really started my mindset shift there but still flying was off the table. I'm like, I'm going to be a performer. I still went to UVU to dance. And then I'm like, oh, I'm not going to do bottom dance. I'm going to do, I, I changed my major five times at UVU. That's why I was in school for six years. <laughs> so gratefully, the Air Force was paying for my education. <laughs> so I bounced between dancing because I loved moving my body. And I know we both like felt that. And it's kind of hard to explain the feeling that you get like the, when you get into that flow state of doing something and really focusing on it and like oh, I just want this feeling forever and then I started singing and I'm like I love opera I love singing I just don't think it's what I should do with the rest of my life and then it was at that point where I'm like I've been in the military for now almost 10 years when I decided this and I'm like I want to stay in the military but I don't want to stay behind a desk I feel like I'm meant for something more and I feel like I can do something greater and I want to serve in a greater capacity And so my dad had finally stopped bugging me about flying. So naturally I'm like, I'm going to try flying. (laughs) And I remember is when I made that decision consciously myself to just give it one last shot. And I took this little flight in this cute little plane, a DA 20 in Utah. 
and I absolutely loved it. I fell in love and I knew I was like, I'm going to get my license. And it was at that moment when that spark of flying began again. And I never could have foreseen where it would have taken me now, like where I am today. But looking back, you can kind of see all the pieces fall together. And I'm glad that I made the choice myself because it keeps me going every single day here when it gets hard because I know that I'm doing it because I decided to do it. I love that story so much. And these are even pieces that like, I don't even know of, you know, like, and that's why I love this because I get to learn even more about you and your journey. And I've always been kind of curious how that shift happened because your dad, you know, he loves flying. He loves planes. He's like, he loves the aviation. He wanted that so badly for you. And you're like, nah, bro. (laughs) We have to make those decisions for ourselves because we're never going to maintain what we want, you know, if we're doing it for someone else, like you said, that's what keeps you going is that you're doing it for yourself and and you have a greater purpose and a greater why, which we'll get into later. But I feel like that's, that has to be the main thing, keeping you focused and keeping you going towards a certain trajectory or else you'll just fall off. And again, like you said, you'll kind of start something and not finish it, start something, not finishing it. Usually it's because you're doing it because someone else wants you to, or you feel like that's what society people around you kind of expect of you to do. So I love that you went against the grain and you were like, okay, now I decided (laughs) (laughs) I'm ready now. (laughs) So what is it about flying that really just lights you up now? Because like you said, you've, you know, you've flown before. What was it about actually hopping into the seat and actually flying the plane that, that changed that for you? So I think a lot of it had to do with, I never thought I was smart enough to be a pilot. So things like math and science and all that, like never came naturally to me. And so I know like we base ourselves in school off of our ability to get A's and all these subjects. Right. And like, that quote, if you judge a fish by its ability to climb a tree, you know, like if we're expected to be amazing at every single thing and, you know, we're like, okay, at this thing, but we're really good in this one thing, but there's some people that can do great at everything. I'm like, I'm, I can't add just super fast in my brain. I can't see these things and equate. And I don't, I don't know. Like, I just, I didn't feel smart enough. And I think it's because my brother, Chris, is a genius. He is so smart. He's currently studying to be a doctor. He's the smartest person I know. He got his pilot's license. And so I saw that and I'm like, I am not him. (laughs) There's no way I can do that. And there weren't a lot of people like me flying. I didn't have, like my dad is a genius as well. And so like looking at these two really smart guys like I'm like I'm nothing like you like I sing I dance that's what I do I color pictures like I (laughs) like I can't I'm not capable of doing this so I think when I matured a little bit and as I got more confident um which for me like confidence is the biggest driving factor in getting out there and doing things and to me that only comes from competence like if I feel comfortable with the subject if I'm learning more about it then my confidence grows Um, so now flying, when I actually started flying, I took all those lessons I learned. I took everything that I did from dancing to singing to everything. And I put it into my flying. And to me, flying is just dancing in the sky. And it's actually like, I think of it as a routine. And especially when I started doing aerobatics, you're literally flipping and twirling and you're dancing in the sky. And a lot of it is feel like I, there's pilots who fly very mathematically and I'm much more of a feel-based pilot. And I, you like talk to the plane and you feel like you're putting, you're wearing the plane and you feel the vibrations and 
especially my plane that I call Bay affectionately, my boyfriend. Sorry. <laughs> my other boyfriend. <laughs> you get to know this plane so well that you can feel something's wrong and it's helped me in like emergency situations. And so I think my emotional side and my creativity and my artistic abilities with movement helped me become a pilot. And that's why I became so passionate about sharing that with other people because I wanted them to see me and be like, hey, she's kind of like me and she's doing this. So I guess I can do this too. And so that's where that big driving force of like flying came because I'm like, hey, I can actually do this. I'm actually pretty good at this. And so I love the challenge. I love proving people wrong. I love proving myself wrong. I love, you know, defying gravity and I love being creative about it and doing it in a way that's never been done before. And so that's kind of how that happened and what keeps me going. And especially now, like, it's shifted a little bit now that I'm doing it more military based because it's a whole different mission. It's a different purpose. I'm not doing it so much for fun. I'm doing it to serve. And that's kind of a whole different story that relates more to my stepbrother being a PJ and him, you know, being in combat and battle and me wanting to be the person that is there to protect our men and women on the ground. But I think it's okay to have different sides to it. It's okay to have that fun, creative side to it. And it's okay to have that serious mission side to it as well. Oh my gosh, I just had goosebumps the whole time you were talking. You were like flying, it's dancing in the sky. My whole body went like, what? <laughs> no, I love that because yeah, you you can talk to so many pilots and, and most of them are not going to describe flying the way that you just described it. And I feel like it makes me understand you more and it helps me to understand more why you love it so much because- yeah you know, like I, I will never know because I will never, ever be in the seat of a plane flying it, but I, I won't. <laughs> now I am safe in my passenger seat with my blanket and my water. <laughs> and that is as far as it gets. But I feel like hearing you say that and just hearing how everything that you've done, like you said, has kind of led you to this point. And I feel like a lot of us, if we looked back on kind of how our lives have unfolded, we could see that everything was there for a purpose. Like, oh, yeah you learned how to do art and how to dance and how to sing and all of those kind of combined into what you're doing now. And then also it's just really cool to kind of see your limiting beliefs that you were having before you started flying. Like, right. oh, I'm not smart enough. I feel like that's a, a big theme that's come up in my life as well. Just yeah. starting my own business, like, you know, making money, all of those things that, that scare the shit out of me. And I'm like, <laughs> yeah. I'm not smart enough to do this, you know? And then when we just kind of use the tools that we already have and maybe do it in a different way than everyone else is doing it, right. we can surprise ourselves and kind of see like, oh, I'm so capable of this and I'm capable oh, yeah anything. All I have to do is just dive into my little toolkit of knowledge and maybe work a little bit harder than everyone else. And yes. I really make it, you know, I love that. And what you said is like, it's okay. If you have to work harder than everybody else. And that doesn't, that's not a slight against you. That doesn't mean that you can't do it. Like for me, honestly, being here, especially in this environment, like I have to work harder than a lot of people do. And I say that having come to this point at UP unit pilot training, having a lot more experience than a lot of people that are already here have um, just from flying civilian wise and knowing that in the back of my head, knowing that like all these other people came here with zero experience. I came here with like 600 hours and I'm still struggling. It's like, sometimes it's, it weighs on me. I'm like, wow, like what if I started with zero experience? Like I would, would I be able to make it like, but you just, you can't, like, you can't get into that, like, cycle of comparison of what ifs, and it's like, I'm here now, I put in all that work, pr 
prior to coming here and I'm still working my butt off. And even though like, I look at it more as like, I admire people. I, I admire people who are doing better than me. And I have to look at it as like, why are you doing better than me? Help me be better. And uh, not getting to that limiting belief, like oh, I have to study so much harder and like, I have to work so much harder and it's okay. And I now thrive off of that knowing like, you know, I will work harder and talent can only take you so far. I will outwork everybody around me. And I hope that they strive to do the same thing too. Mm, that's so good. Looking at it, not as this means something about me. It's just, I just have to, I have to do what I have to do to make it work, you know? Yeah. And I feel like so many people look at other people's journeys or strengths and we're like, I can't do this because they do it a certain way or they do it better. And it's like, right. no, 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 you can do it. It's just pick out the pieces that you really need to work on, focus on those and yeah. then do it. <laughs> and yeah, like, do it. like about competence, it's competence. People yeah. are not competent in something by just doing it one time. Like you said, yeah. you had 600 hours, you know, you have to put in the work at whatever you want to do in order to make it happen. And I feel like it's so easy to compare ourselves to other people, compare our five hours to their 5,000 hours. You know, yes. it's like, no, no, <laughs> you got a long ways to go in order to hit that same mark. And everyone exactly. I feel like is capable of doing that. It's just the perspective that we take. Yes, yes ma'am. So in saying that you have faced so much adversity to get where you are, it has not been handed to you in any way. You've had to work your ass off the whole time. So what has been the hardest part about being a woman in a male dominated industry, not only one, but two, the military and aviation, you've had to overcome so much just being a woman in those, in those areas and those industries. It's a hard question because I think my perspective has shifted a lot um, throughout my journey. So starting out as a young 18 year old enlisted in the military, I was super insecure. Like I very, I'd say to my core, very introverted person, super shy and uh, insanely insecure, like growing up. And I think a lot of us, especially in our generation growing up, just comparing yourself to everybody, never being good enough. You know, I just wanted to be skinnier. I wanted to be prettier. I wanted to like be all these things. And um, I remember validation, like I just craved it. I craved being told I was beautiful. I craved getting attention. I craved people. I just put my validation to external sources. And so I learned a lot of hard lessons that way. And I think like my enlisted years going through boot camp and tech school, I, it was a struggle because I started to get more confident in myself. I started to be stronger, but then I was also physically more strong and more experienced, but mentally I was still weak. And I think that it doesn't matter how physically strong you are. If your mind isn't right, like you will get blown over so fast by the smallest thing. And so I think when I started like tapping into the mindset game of a growth mindset is where it all shifted. But I, I learned a lot of hard lessons uh, throughout my military career. And I get this question a lot from a lot of young girls who want to join the military. And they say, you know, I hear it's like, it's really hard. And like the guys can like, how is it being a woman? Yes, there've been hard times. And yes, there are, you know, there's some things that are not equal or fair or however you want to say that. But I think that's with any aspect of life. Like it doesn't have to be the military, it doesn't have to be aviation. It could be, you know, working in a grocery store, like anywhere. Like we can find a victim mindset wherever we go. And you have every right, you know, to, you know, to do that, to feel sorry for yourself. And like things I've gone through, like I've played the victim card. I'm like, you know, why did this happen to me? Like, 
why was I treated this way? But I never healed from that. Like I never found a source of peace or happiness. And uh, I think that one of my favorite books is Extreme Ownership by Jocko Willink. He's a Navy SEAL. He's awesome. And I think it's a concept that people kind of fight against um, because it's really hard because you think extreme ownership, everything that happens to me, everything in my life where I am is a result of my actions. And I know like specifically for me in certain situations I went through where I felt like it was not in my control. Like I didn't have a say, it wasn't my fault. I'm just giving it the power away to take my life back. And so it's a hard pill to swallow, but it's actually a lot more liberating than you may think. It's freeing to be like, hey, I don't care what the situation was. I don't care who was involved. I don't care any of the details. I'm taking extreme ownership over everything in my life. And so once I did that, it started becoming less of a male versus female thing in my life and more of a like, I am a strong individual and I'm doing my best in this field and I'm going to outwork anybody that I can. I'm going to seek advice from anyone I can. I'm going to trust people. I'm going to, you know, not seek for validation from other people. I think like learning who to trust is, was a big aspect for me, but I think the biggest shift happened when I decided that nobody's going to tell me that my life has to, it's going to be hard. Nobody gets the right to be like, oh, you're female. It must be really hard for you. Like, I'm not going to take, I'm not going to play that game. I'm not going to play the victim role. I'm going to be like acknowledging, yes, like there are certain things that are a lot harder because of, you know, being like a minority, a woman in this field, like women and men are different. Like they just are, but also realizing like it's, it wasn't a showstopper. It's not going to affect me to the point where I stop believing in myself. I think that once I decided that everything was my, my fault, my control, I don't know. It was, it was really liberating for me. And I think there's a space also to say like, it's okay to have those times where you, to feel the emotions, to feel sorry for yourself. And like, I'm not saying like when things happen to you that you just have to be like, whatever, screw them. Like I'm strong and independent, you know, like it, like you should feel those emotions. You should feel the sadness. You should feel the pain. You should feel the anger, go through those grieving uh, processes, but then um, realize like I signed up for this. I knew what I was getting into. I decided to join this club. And when I joined this club, you know, like I had to play by the rules of this club. And if I didn't like it, I could leave, you know, if like, I didn't like how I was treated, I could leave. I think a, a hard part, especially in the military is thinking like, it's like, why am I here? Am I here because, you know, I want to be a female in the military and like really like stand for women? Or am I here because I want to be a servant to my country and I want to serve other people? And if I see other women doing the same thing, like I'm inspired by that, but I see men doing it too and I'm inspired by them. And I've had like some of the best brothers, some of the best leadership, some of the best mentors who have been men. And like, I've also found females. And so I think the representation matters of like seeing the women doing this too, because it is such a male dominated field, but also realizing like some of my favorite uh, female pilots are the ones who are like, you know, I'm just doing this. Like, I'm just here doing my thing. Like if it's hard, it's hard. It's hard for guys to like not trying to put the label on it and then just like working hard and trying to, eliminate a little bit of the gender from it just because if you focus too much on that like you're gonna go down a rabbit hole and just like focusing on your why like at the end of the day I just say like the plane doesn't care what gender I am the plane doesn't know if I'm a male or a female but 
so I don't know it's it's difficult because I have like the side where you know I just want to show up as I am who I am but also I do find community and comfort and like connecting with other females who are doing this and so I think it's finding the balance and I think that's the answer to everything in life is finding the balance of like you don't have to be all in one way like I'm a female I'm doing this recognize that I'm a woman like you know like kind of shove it down their throats that way but also you don't have to be like oh yeah I guess I'll just be a dude like you can be a woman in this space don't make it about being a woman but like be confident and like I can be feminine I can be girly I can be a strong female but I can also do my job and at the end of the day it's not about my gender it's about who I am as a person the work I'm willing to put in and the sacrifice that I'm willing to make if that makes sense. I don't know. <laughs> I just ran it. <laughs> no, it does make sense. And I love that answer because I feel like we can use so many things as a crutch, but the number one thing that women can use as a crutch is the fact that we are a woman and yeah. it means something. And, you know, in a lot of ways, it does mean something in how we can be taken advantage of or yeah. how situations can be more challenging for us in ways that maybe they aren't for men. But when it comes to our abilities and our capacity to make things happen and to do the same things that they're doing, it means nothing. Like yeah. there's, there's nothing stopping us, but our mindset. And it's so powerful because that mental discipline piece is something that I feel like is very important, obviously in the military, but yeah, also yeah. in aviation, you have to constantly believe in yourself. If you're not believing in yourself, when you're flying that plane, it's going to go down. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, like there is nothing else to say other than yeah. There's no option. There's no option, but right. to believe in yourself and have that mindset that like, like you said, this plane doesn't know if I'm male or female or yeah. whatever, I'm just flying this plane. And I feel like the whole time that I've known you, you've always been super interested in just learning more about how to understand your mind, about how to work with your mind, because our mind can play tricks on us. Yeah. It can our biggest enemy, you know, it can be something that I've been going through this a lot lately because this is really interesting, but I switched birth controls and my mind has mm. been uncontrollable. It's the first really? time that I've ever felt like my mind wasn't mine. And I noticed how powerful it is when our minds are playing tricks on us and when they are, you know, coming up with all of these crazy things, we have to learn how to control them in a way. We have to learn how to maybe stop the limiting beliefs from happening, to stop the spirals from happening, to stop those negative things that just keep coming up. We have to figure out how to take our power back over those and how yeah. to just silence them and maybe replace them with positive beliefs. So what is maybe a technique, a tool, a book that you can recommend to people that want to kind of have a little bit more of, you know, not control over their mind, but kind of understand how their mind is, is working and maybe keeping them from achieving the things that they want. Like what can they do to strengthen that mental discipline? Okay. I love this because my like growth mindset is one of the biggest things I think that people just skip over. Like, you know, everyone's like, use resolutions. I want to lose weight. I want to do this, 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 like, but nobody ever is like, I want to become more self-aware. <laughs> I want to train my mind. And it's just kind of one of those things that we just glaze over because it's hard. It's not, and it's, it's not external. So it's like, you don't get that validation of like, wow, you look really good. You know, it's like, wow, you seem more peaceful. It's like, nobody wants that. So I, I love that. I think our generation is stepping more into this. Um, and I think social media has helped with that, with like getting this information out there because it's not really talked about in schools. And I think that's a failure of our public school system is that 
you know, we learn all these things, but we don't learn how to control our minds. Control your mind and you will control your life. You'll have a better world environment. You'll have more peace. And anyways, I just, I love this. And um, I love books so much. And I've listened to so many books and I do this thing where I keep a note on my phone. It's called books and lessons. And I, after every book I listen to, I write 10 of the quotes down of like what I learned from that book. And so I'll often just go back and scroll through and reread these uh, quotes. So some books that I would definitely recommend is one, like you said, Atomic Habits is a great one. James Clear is stacking your habits. Like I think people don't realize how detrimental our habits can be. The habits that we acquire subconsciously. And you're like, okay, so like what hand do you brush your teeth with every day? Which leg do you put in your pants every morning? Like those are all habits. And those are all things that our mind is helping. Our mind tries to help us um, to alleviate choices. And so the more choices we alleviate, the easier our day goes. And so if you're just subconsciously making all these choices throughout a day that you don't have control over, like think about if you actually took control over those micro choices, how much more control you would have over your life. And it's something that's absolutely fascinating. One of my favorite books is Mindset by Carol Dweck. And it's like one of the OG books on mind growth. And it's, it's talking about a growth mindset. So like one of her quotes on mindset is, People in a growth mindset don't just seek challenge, they thrive on it. The bigger the challenge, the more they stretch. So I love that because it's really helped me reframe my life. And if we look back on everything that happens to us as happening for us, I think that's how we can take control back over our lives. And control is one of the things I think that we are lacking as a society. We have lost control (laughs) and anything and everything is happening and things are happening to us. And we just like... I don't know. It's kind of a crazy place right now. And uh, the people I admire the most are the ones who are the most self-aware. If you know what you're doing, you know why you're doing it and you have a purpose and it's not hurting others and it's for some sort of service towards humanity, then you're doing pretty good. But when we get so focused on, on having a weak mindset of like, oh, this happened to me and complaining and complaining about everything, like mitigate your complaining and you will see immense growth in your life and it's these small and simple things that are so easy to do that we don't do them and I think like if I had to structure it in a very simple way as like somewhere to start it'd be read mindset or listen to it because I think that will just like start opening your mind to the possibility of what your mind is able to do gratitude is a big number two you need to be grateful in your life every single day and gratitude is a conscious choice and there's so much to be grateful for I don't care what your circumstances you can find something and when you start replacing those negative thoughts with gratitude your life will just get immensely better and then the third thing is serving others it's just like when you are so focused I can tell the times I'm most miserable the times that I just feel like the most anxious and sad and just like overwhelmed is when I'm just inward and I'm just thinking about me, 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 like, I'm so, I'm struggling. I missed a question on a test. I'm the worst. Like, why is life so hard? And then I open my eyes. I'm like, wow, I have this amazing little apartment. I'm living out my dream. Like I'm doing something and it, it doesn't, it gets lost on me sometimes, honestly, where I'm like, I'm doing something that people would die for. Like, and it, it, it's just like, when you reframe it and you're like, 
think about everybody else, all the circumstances in my life that led me to where I am, what I've been blessed with. And like, that's why I've been so passionate about helping others and doing scholarships and like trying to get other people to where I am because I realized that I have so much to be grateful for. And when you start serving others and you uplift others to be where you are or to surpass you, it's less about you. You have less time to worry about yourself. And then it, it's just karma, right? And it's just like, you will be blessed and you don't do it for the blessings, but the blessings come regardless. So if we just did those things, if we like really strived to work on our minds, to be grateful, to serve others, like those small and simple things are like, it would just pay dividends in the end. And it takes conscious choice and repetitive efforts. It's not something you can do once, you know? And it's like, you have to do it every single day. You have to make the conscious choice to do it. But those are some things I'm super passionate about. And I can talk about mindset all day long. <laughs> well, it's so important. And it's it's a big part of anything that anyone tries to go after. If you want to be a pilot, if you want to be in the Air Force, if you want to be a dancer, if you want to be a business owner, you have to have that understanding of your mind and how to bring your mind to a place where it's not ruling you, you know, yeah. like so many of us, our minds are just, like you said, we're out of control. Yeah. <laughs> you know, We're completely out of control. And if we could just take that moment every morning to find gratitude, to tune into our spirit, to do some breath work, to tap, to yeah. meditate, to do anything that puts our mind in a positive state versus in a negative state, it changes everything. Because if we don't do that, then we just keep going down, down, down until all of a sudden we're in this like hole of dark despair. Yes. <laughs> and we can't do anything from that place. Not only can we not do anything in regards to our dreams, but we can't serve others. And, yeah. and everything that we should do ultimately, hopefully it's not a selfish act. Hopefully it's something to support others and serve others. And we can't do that from a place of mental despair and yeah. darkness. So this is such a beautiful way to learn how to take control back from our mind and use it to support us in everything that we do. Because once we have control of that, we can do anything. And I love how you said, um, you can't do anything from that that pit of despair. And like, I think some people think, oh, self-care is selfish. Like I don't have time to work on myself. I don't have time, blah, blah, blah. But it's like, if you're not right, if you're not doing the things you need to do, you can't help anybody. So the most selfless thing you can do is to uplift yourself, make yourself the strongest that you can be so that you can serve other people. And I think like I fall into that trap too, where it's like, you know, you spin out of control and you're like, I'm worthless. I'm nothing. Like I'm this, this, this. And then you get back, you get down to that pit of despair and there's nobody there to lift you up. And you're like, I need to lift myself out of this. I need to grow my mindset. I need to change my perspective because nobody's going to do it for me. At the end of the day, your mindset is your choice and nobody's going to do it for you. And you need to be strong enough to do that so that you can help other people who might not be as fortunate as you. Mm, that's so true. It's so true. And, and you really can't achieve what you've achieved without a good mindset, you know? And I feel like this is so funny because Luke and I have been talking about it after. Okay. I cried the whole time that we watched Top Gun. I <laughs> cried the whole time because I was like, I can't believe my bestie does this shit. <laughs> I can't believe this is like what and, and I don't know how accurate it is as far yeah. as the reality of what, you know, you do as a fighter pilot, but you have to have the mental discipline to do the G force. I want to talk about this because <laughs> when you get into a plane and it's the gravity is yeah. the way that it is in the fighter pilots 
planes, whatever you call it. (laughs) You know, it's, it's crazy. And also you did MMA, you know, you've done a lot of things that require that, that discipline, you know, that mental discipline. So how do you kind of put yourself in that state? Is there something that you do before doing something really challenging that kind of allows you to kind of center and ground and get in the right headspace? Because my gosh, I feel like I would need, I don't know, marijuana, something. <laughs> put myself in that kind of state because I would be so fearful. And I yeah. feel like a lot of times our fear can take us, you know, take us out of the moment, or it can keep us from going towards those things that might feel really scary, whether that's a dance performance or whether that's, you know, starting your own business or whether that's talking in front of a crowd, those things can feel just as scary. So how do you kind of like shift your mindset in the moment or maybe ground in the moment before you do something really scary? (laughs) So I have a funny story. Fear, I would say like growing up, I was, as I said, I was like shy and introverted. I think I was just fearful. I was so afraid of not being good enough that I didn't try anything. I was just like, I, I failed before I even tried basically. So there's this pivotal core memory that I always lean back on. It's the silliest thing, but we all have that thing in our, in our past and our memories that just like really resonates with us. And there's a restaurant. I grew up in Orlando and at Universal, there's CityWalk and there's a restaurant called Bubba Gump. And it's, you know, based off Forrest Gump, which is one of my favorite movies. But I think I was like maybe 11 years old we're at this restaurant with my dad and the Macarena comes on and the, the waiters are all dancing and like the waiter comes up to me and he's like come do the Macarena with me I was terrified absolutely terrified I said no and I never forgot that to this day that I said no and how horrible I felt afterwards I literally beat myself up and like what is wrong with you why didn't you just get up there and do the Macarena like to this day it still haunts me that I, I didn't do it and it's literally that memory that I was like, I will never turn down an opportunity because I'm afraid again. And so <laughs> it seems silly, but it's like, you think back on like, what are all these missed opportunities? And I don't believe in luck. I think luck is when preparation meets opportunity. And so I was like, I will forever more be prepared for any opportunity that comes my way, whether that's mentally or physically. Um, so with that in mind, after I went through some hardships, I decided to start doing MMA. And uh, part of that was, you know, I was kind of on this journey to deciding if I wanted to be a fighter pilot. And I'm like, how can I be a fighter pilot um, for the military and be there for my wingman if I can't fight? Like, if I can't physically be there to defend. And I know, you know, the mentality of combat and women in combat, and they're not strong enough. And it's like, I just want to be strong enough to protect whoever I need to protect. And so I signed up for this MMA gym and I was absolutely terrified. I was absolutely terrified, but I'm like, what's the worst that could happen? You know? And sometimes it's putting yourself in that mindset of like, what is the worst that could happen? The worst that could happen is that I get punched in the face and I die. Like, I don't know. (laughs) And then, and then, okay. (laughs) But it's like, if you really think about it, it's like the worst that could happen is that you'll be embarrassed about something and then you'll learn, you'll grow, you'll get over it. And it's actually funny because dancing helped me with fighting because one of the best boxers in history, his dad made him take dance lessons for years to be a better boxer. And so like everything just kind of always fell back to dancing and my ability to get on the stage and perform, you know, like that helped me build a lot of confidence and helped me be able to present myself in front of people. And so 
dancing helped me with my movement and boxing. And so I already stepped in with confidence knowing like, I, I know my body, I know how to move my body. And then with the fighting, like being able to defend myself and fight, like built my confidence in a way that is immeasurable. It just made me believe in myself even more that no matter what situation I'm in, like I can persevere. And then that mental, that mindset Fight camp um, is one of the hardest things I've ever done. Like just physically, when you push yourself to a point where like you don't know if you can go on, like if if you're listening to this and you've never experienced that, like you should because when you put your body to that point, like it's cra- it's like something like happens, you know. And you're like you physically don't know you can do anything more, and then you do. It's life changing because you realize like our minds are so much weaker than our physical body that if you strengthen your mind what you can do is incredible and so being in this fight gym with all these guys beating me up in a really friendly way like they they helped me believe in myself and then that led me to this mentality of being wanting to be a fighter pilot and it's like I still feel fear and courage isn't the absence of fear like I don't think people should have to feel like fearless because fearlessness is actually very dangerous like if you get to the point where you feel no fear, you are in a very dangerous situation and you should reevaluate because it's healthy to have fear. It's healthy to be like, hey, I realize when I step into this jet, like things could happen, right? Like, I don't know everything. Like, I'm still new. Like, this is a lot. But like being able to cultivate that fear into energy to, you know, want to do well, like, I think that's where the power comes. And so now it's like, I think of it as, I'm stepping into the ring, like before every flight, I'm like getting into that warrior mindset. I'm like, I've gone through fight camp. I've gotten, you know, decked in the face. Like I can do this. I can fly this plane. Like not, I, oh, this book, I can't, David Goggins. I love David Goggins. He is my role model. And it's one of the first books, I don't know, like on my growth journey I listened to and Can't Hurt Me by David Goggins. Listen to it. Definitely listen to it because he speaks in the audio version it's life-changing. Like, you cannot hurt me. Um, it doesn't matter, you know, what you say. If I fail, um, if I make a mistake, like, I will get up and I will be stronger. And anytime I start feeling sorry for myself or if I have a flight that doesn't go as well and I'm beating myself up, like, why am I such a failure? Which I still do because I'm not perfect and I still have moments of weakness. I think about David Goggins, who literally went through the most horrific life you can possibly imagine to where he is now. And he is just a human being. He is just a regular human being with flesh and blood. He is not a superhero. He's literally like a man um, on this earth. And the mental strength that that takes, like to say, you cannot hurt me. And then, and it goes back to like taking that extreme ownership, like don't give other people the power, but I will learn from this and I will grow. Like that's the mindset I have to take every single day. And it gets hard, especially being in this environment where like, I want to be the best. And I have this, you know, sense of perfectionism, which is also a dangerous mindset, I think, because we will never be perfect. Like we will never in this life, we will never reach that point. And Brene Brown, I love her, talks about shame. And like, I think we, especially women, um, feel a lot of shame. And it's like, if we don't reach these standards that we set for ourselves, if we're not that perfect wife, if we're not that perfect daughter, if we don't look the way that we're supposed to look, if we're not, and me, like even being a minority here, which like, I don't like to bring my gender into it, but like knowing that I am a woman, knowing that I am looked at differently, like you can't be blind to that. Like I feel shame if I don't 
perform the way that I know I can because I'm like, because I am a woman, I have to be 10 times better than the guy next to me, you know? And it's like, I have to prove myself. And like, I've gotten myself into like this mindset sometimes where I'm like, where you, you overwork your thoughts so much where you're like, I'm doing nothing right. I'm horrible. I'm failing that like, you don't even want to try anymore. And like, that's, it's just like a scary place. So it's, it's better to give yourself grace. It's better to just give yourself a little bit of like, Hey, like you made a mistake, but now you know what to do better. Take that as a learning experience. Do better. Do not feel shame about it. Like there's no shame in trying your best coming up short and doing it again. David Goggins wanted to break the world record for pull-ups. He failed twice, but like, we don't talk about people's failures once they succeed. And it's just like, and it's empowering to hear that other people fail because it's like, we like to hear that people aren't perfect. We like to know it didn't work out all the time. And that's why like, I never want someone to look at my life. And especially with social media, it's been a sticky wicket where it's like, I never want someone to look at me and think, wow, she has it all. Like, wow, she was given everything. Wow, it comes easy for her. Like, I've come up short so many times, like auditioned for so many things, failed, 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 interviewed, failed, 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 like said no, all these rejections, like, and it's not about the rejections, it's about you keep going, and like, and I think that's empowering, and it's like, if you gave up the first time someone told you no, like, you would get nowhere in life, like, absolutely nowhere, and that's true with everybody, every successful person that you see, so yeah, like, really, like, can't hurt me, discipline equals freedom, your discipline with your mindset, discipline with understanding what it actually means to fail which it sounds cliche to say but failure is when you stop trying you know like it's the truth and if you give yourself grace to grow and to learn um i've had a wonderful mentor in my flight he's basically a legend and he's so wise and he's just like i'd beat myself up and i thought that like growing up you know i had perfectionism and i like had to like prove myself to everybody and i just beat myself up on these flights and he'd be like it's really hard to teach you when you treat yourself this way. And like, when he phrased it like that, I'm like, wow, like I'm not making it better. Like I'm not getting better because I'm holding myself to an impossible standard. Like I need to be willing to make mistakes to grow. And like when you, and then that's, it's like hard for me to even say that. Like, cause I just want to be like, no, I have to be the best all the time. But like allowing yourself to make mistakes to grow is the most important thing you can do to succeed. And it's also why a lot of people don't succeed because they fail once and then they give up, you know, yeah. they, they feel embarrassed that one time and then they give up. And it's been so amazing to watch the, the journey, the trajectory again, that you went through and like be kind of behind the scenes on it all, because it hasn't been easy, but you got up every single time and you went through a lot and you don't really share that on social media, but not a lot of people know the things that you've went through. And every time you're just like, you get up, you dust yourself off, even if like, there's a few emotional breakdowns in between, <laughs> Oh yeah, <laughs> which is like, you know, we see that as friends. We see yeah. those moments every single time. I've been so impressed at how you just keep going. So what is the thing that keeps you going in those really hard moments, in those moments where you feel like, man, I'm embarrassed. You know, I didn't do my best. I, you know, didn't get the job or I didn't get the position or I didn't get, you know, the title that I wanted or whatever. How do you keep going? Like, what is your why for doing it? I think initially my why very superficial as I was growing up, you know, like my why was like, I, I want to be adored. I want to be loved. I want to be a somebody. And it wasn't for anybody. It was just because I wanted that praise and the acclamation. Um, and then it was, it shifted to, 
I want to serve others. And then I like just really getting deep into it because I, I love my faith and I'm very spiritual. And like, I think, why am I here on this earth? Right. And it's like, when you ask yourself these deep, deep questions and you're like really diving into your spirituality and you're like, what am I doing here? And if I think too small and I just think like, I'm just here to live day by day. Like, why would I, why would I put myself through this? Like who in their right mind would just like, you know, try so hard. And like, sometimes I do think I'm like, why am I trying so hard? Like, why am I sacrificing so much? Because it is not easy. And it's like, because I believe in a greater purpose, because I believe I was put here for a reason, because I believe that there's life after death. And because I believe in God, like I have to believe in that. And I have to believe that my family and I will be together forever. Like that's what I have to believe to keep going. Because for me, there's literally no other reason that I would work so hard. And I know everybody has to find that and everybody has to find like what drives them. Because if you have no purpose, like your life will be meaningless. And that is like the most destructive thing that you could possibly do is live a meaningless life. And I think that's why we give into, you know, these vices and things that aren't good for us because like, we're just searching for that feeling, um, you know, dopamine. And it's like, I've with social media, I, I know like there's times when I would like go on breaks and it was like the hardest thing ever. And looking back, you're like, wow, you're so dumb, but like, it's an actual chemical reaction. We're just searching for these good feelings. And I'm like, how can I have a sustainable, good feeling? I had to prioritize my faith over my like, soul crushing drive to be the best because at the end of the day that wasn't going to serve me and so like really honing in on that and thinking about my family and thinking about like I'm doing this to create a better environment for those around me I'm doing this to serve my family I'm doing this to serve God I'm doing this to you know help those that need help because at the end of the day that's what it's all about it's like you see the happiest people and it's the people who are thinking of others. And like, I don't know, like it just, there's nothing much more to it. And I I think I like the simplicity of it because when I get overwhelmed and I, you know, get knocked down and I fail and I do something wrong, I'm like, I'm trying my best. And as long as I'm aligned with my core values and who I know I'm supposed to be, like, I know I'm going to be okay. But as long as we're striving and trying and you know, doing the things that we think are best for us and like always reevaluating. And I think that self-awareness piece where it's like, maybe this one thing worked for you, but it's not serving you anymore. And just reevaluate. Like I'm a, such a different person than I was like five years ago or even like yesterday probably. <laughs> and so really self-reflecting and I've started journaling and I always wanted to journal. I always thought it was a good idea. I'm like, I should journal, you know, and you're like wanting to be that person that journals because it just seems so nice, <laughs> but like, I can never keep it up. So I stopped holding myself to the expectation of like, I must write dear diary. This is what my day was like, but now I just write emotions because there's part of me, you know, that my soul still craves that creativity. And I'm like, I miss writing and I miss, you know, being creative. And so like at the end of the night, like I'll just like write about whatever I want to write about and I'll just like write out my emotions and my feelings and they're raw and they're real and they're just like a way to express it like trial and error try different things but like coming back to your core it takes a while to find it and like going on that journey and like allowing yourself to go on that journey and like if you looked at my phone I just have notes upon notes upon notes upon notes about lists and like priorities and like my priorities shifting and then like these quotes it's like an exciting adventure figuring out your life and it's like it's it's your job to figure out why you're here. 
it's been really cool to see you like step into your purpose. Cause I know like, you know, like you've been behind the scenes on me and I've been behind the scenes with you too. And just like seeing, like, you can just tell people's glow and they're like aura, like when you just like feel aligned, you know, and like your chakras are <laughs> aligned. You become the best version of yourself when you're doing what you're supposed to do. And like you, it's, it's your job to find that purpose. It's been cool to see you take the time to find that, to like really step into your own because you've put in the work and it's like, it takes work and it's, it's not going to, you know, maybe it'll just fall into that by accident, but most of the time it's going to be trial and error and just like really working at it and failing and being like, I thought this is what I was supposed to do. Like, why am I not, you know, there yet? But like, it's that image that I think floats around everywhere, but it's that guy digging, you know, for gold and like, he stops. He's like, Oh man, I'm never going to find it. But that one guy that keeps digging and it was right there underneath him the whole time. And it's like, just keep digging keep digging, keep digging. Don't give up. Like what else are you going to do? <laughs> oh my gosh. I feel like we could make 50 quote graphics from everything you just said. <laughs> no, but it's once you have that and, and yeah, sometimes it takes a lot of work and time and struggles to find that purpose because I really haven't seen many people where it just falls in their lap, you know, and I have so many students that are like, what's my purpose? I'm like, girl, you got to go out there and look for it. I can't, you know, and I feel like we found our purpose through maybe some struggles, through some trial and error, through doing a bunch of different things just to see what we liked. And then something clicks. There's all of a sudden something. When I took my first burlesque class, I was like, Okay. Yeah. This is my thing, you know, and the same thing for you. Like you said, when you finally started to fly, when you finally started to kind of dive into this career that you never thought would be your career. Yeah. Like, wow, I really love this. And this is actually the thing that lights me up. And we will never make it in anything if we're doing it for ourselves. That's just that's just how it is because how we feel in a daily hourly minute basis <laughs> changes and it fluctuates. And, and if, again, we don't have that kind of mindset, that discipline, it can just, it can just fall away so quickly. And we have to have something greater that we're working towards, whether it's like you, you know, you want to create a safer place for the people that you love and the people on this planet to live for the people that are in the air force, you want to create safety and you want to be a support for them. Same thing for me with women and with wanting them to feel confident and empowered. I want that for them more than I want it for myself, you know, and I have to, even though we do things for ourselves to make ourselves happy and to make ourselves feel good and to live a life that's really fulfilling. Yeah, it's for us, but if it's not for everybody else, it feels so, yeah, it just feels very like fragile. Like it could just break at any moment. And I feel like we both experienced that because originally your social media, like you said, was just taking photos and we have some horror stories of <laughs> with our partners and just taking a bunch of photos and not even enjoying it in the moment yeah. and doing it for the ego, doing it for just us. And we really didn't care about anybody else, but getting that perfect Instagram photo. And now it's so much deeper and we learn from our past mistakes. Like, yeah, you know, we, <laughs> we went through the challenge of of being like really selfish and just being caught up in what we wanted. And I feel like everybody has that phase, but now we get to be doing something for other people that, that lights us up in the process. You know, when you're supporting others, when you're serving others, it makes you happy. And so I love that we've both kind of found that. 
for ourselves. And it's just amazing to see everything that you've been doing and how much you've just grown and changed. And it's not for any other reason other than you've put the work in and you've been really dedicated to, you know, your specific path and it's really paying off. So what exciting things are coming up for you? I feel like you know, not a lot of people might know about the process of becoming a fighter pilot, but it's a process to kind of tell everyone where you're at right now and then what that looks like for you in the next few years. Is there anything to look forward to? Are you really just (laughs) in the grind right now? Yeah. So honestly, like I got hired two years ago, so I've been enlisted for 10 years. I started, you know, trying to get hired. And then I finally got hired by my unit about two years ago. I went to OTS, I became an officer, and then from there, it's just been this whirlwind of Air Force life, and it's been crazy. I am at pilot training right now, and I'm, you know, through the first phase, I'm into the second phase of flying faster planes and learning more about being a fighter pilot, and then after that, I'll go to my next phase, and so, like, it's just one phase after the other, and sometimes the hardest days are when I realize, like, I'm in it there's no going back and not that I want to go back, but it's like, it's a constant grind from here on out. And so that's why I really have to hold to those core things and my growth mindset and my purpose and my why, because if I didn't have a why, like this could be miserable. <laughs> it's a sacrifice. And I think it's something that we have to realize, like, is the sacrifice worth it to you? And like, I constantly assess that and I'm like, yes, it is. Okay. So keep going. So stop complaining, you know? So these next few years is just going to be training, training and training and training. And Um, Just finding joy in that journey and finding ways, you know, to make it my own, finding ways to still connect with my family, to still talk to you, which I'm awful at. The only reason we're still friends, guys, is because she is the best (laughs) and she makes it happen. So, um, and I know, and it's hard because like, I know it's a challenge for my relationships and it's like those, when you assess like what sacrifices I have to make and that's having those close relationships that I used to have and it's having time with my family and it's having, and it's like, I'm making the sacrifice for a greater good. So that's gonna be my life for the next few years. And I think it's just like the excitement and the things upcoming is just day-to-day little joys. And I just think of it as little wins. Like I always write on my whiteboard, the next event I have coming up and like the grade that I wanna get on it. And you know, like a big check mark if I get it and like a big fat X if I don't and a sad face, <laughs> but then I just keep going. And it's like, I have to celebrate the little wins with a giant Reese's ice cream cake. And it's my favorite way to celebrate. <laughs> and so yeah, I think that's the biggest thing is like, we don't have to wait to you know get the million dollars you're trying to earn or to like hit that milestone to celebrate yourself like you can find something like every day or every week like wow I I did this thing like let me pat myself on the back because it's an encouragement for you to keep going and keep trying so that's what my unforeseen future is gonna is looking like for the next few years (laughs) just keep grinding It's it's definitely a grind but it's worth it yeah for sure and I love that I Luke my husband makes fun of me so much because I celebrate everything. Yes. That's the thing. If you don't celebrate it, what do you have to look forward to? Like yes. the big wins you get, what, every six months or a year? That is right. so lame. Like who lame. wants to do that? I have my disco ball cup and I celebrate every day. <laughs> <laughs> I know. And I'm so grateful because I've also found my love here at pilot training. And uh, he's really taught me, like he's been a great balance for me because I can get totally sucked into this mental dream of like wanting to be the best and he's helped me slow down and to just like learn to love myself a little bit more and I think it's important to like let those people into your life to not shut them out and like he's helped me 
celebrate the small things. So I think along those lines of like, you know, you have to do the work yourself, but you can accept help from other people. And I think that's what I've had to learn is it's okay to let people in. It's okay to let people see your vulnerabilities because like, we're all here to help each other. So find your vibe attracts your tribe. So get your vibe right and your tribe will come. And I'm glad that you're in my tribe and you'll ever be in my tribe. Me too. I don't know what I would do without you and Luke. I tell everyone that like, if it wasn't for Savannah and if it wasn't for Luke, you girl would like, you know, (laughs) no, Savannah's been the best. And even though I don't get to talk to her as much now, like I understand, you know, it's not like you don't want to, it's just like, you have to be super focused to do something like you're doing. There's no way I could ever understand or relate to that. And I feel like we have to learn where people in our life are at currently. And we have to be okay with the flow and the shifts and the changes, whatever that might be, whether that's a job change, whether that's grief, whether that's just them trying to figure out their own life, you know, we can't take it so personally and we have to just like support them. And I'm so happy that you found your love because he's such a cute. (laughs) He is cute. (laughs) No. So Savannah, my last question for you is, and you kind of covered this before, but what does confidence mean to you? Yeah. So confidence, honestly, like I just drive it home. My confidence comes from competence. And like, that's why I, you know, throughout my life or training, whatever I do, people have always been like, why do you work so hard? Like, why are you preparing so hard for that thing? Like, you know, and they're like almost like down on me for preparing as much as I do. I hold to the fact, like, if you are prepared, you don't have to fear. And so when I get those feelings of fear, I know it's because it's a lack of preparedness. And so like, I like to do things in ways I can control. And if I'm like, oh, fear is just this emotion that happens to me, like, oh no, like that doesn't serve me. So I'm like, I feel this fear. Why do I fear this? It's because I don't feel confident in this thing. Why don't I feel confident? It's because I lack in competence. How do I do that? It's like, there's these steps, these actual viable steps that you can take to eradicate some of these emotions. And so confidence to me, is doing the work and it's being disciplined and discipline is a thing a lot of people lack and I myself lack a lot of times too but it's like Jocko Willingsing says discipline equals freedom and it really does and so when you are disciplined in your life about the things that you fear and that you lack confidence in and you really work towards it your confidence will grow and I think confidence like sometimes people a lot of people put on a fake air of confidence um And we look at those people and like, wow, they're so put together and confident, whatever. But like you break them down and they're, they're dying inside. And it's like, that's why you cannot compare comparisons with thief of joy. We all know this, but we forget this, but confidence comes from competence. The more competent you are, the more confident you'll become. And that's scary for people because that means that they have to be okay with not being good at something. And I think that's a a big roadblock where you like, you open a book and you're like, take a deep breath. You're like, ah, this is going to suck. Like, this is hard. I know nothing about this. Like my brain is going to struggle, but like, just like learn to love the struggle. (laughs) And then your confidence, your confidence will bloom and like flourish. And then you'll be able to share that confidence with other people. And the more that you're able to teach others, the more confident you become. And it's just this cycle. And like what you're doing, like you're building confidence in yourself. And so you're able to build confidence in others because you're competent. And so like, the more, knowledge is power. The more knowledgeable we are, like the more confident we'll become. Mm. Mic drop. Boop. <laughs> <laughs> so good. I love it. I love that definition of competence. And it is so true because 
my, my program is confidence. And most people think that confidence has to do with what's on the outside. It all comes from what's on the inside. It all comes from that relationship that we have with ourselves. And if we're truly, you know, doing the things to reach our goals, if we're truly practicing what we preach, if we, you know, if we are really dialed in on the internal, that's when it comes through on the external and it, people can see it. Even if we have no makeup on, if we're wearing sweatpants, if we're wearing blue light glasses, like <laughs> it still comes through, you know? And I feel like that's exactly what you have. And that's why so many people online have connected with you is because you radiate this confidence of like, this is what I want. And you did this too, when you were driving your pink Barbie convertible around Utah <laughs> and you had a flower in your hair. You have always been confident in you like, and yes, that you has evolved and shifted and changed, but it's like that authentic Savannah has always, <laughs> even if like, maybe you weren't always feeling it, it always kind of radiated on the outside because you were, you were super comfortable with you. And I think that's the key is when we are comfortable and confident within ourselves, it just comes through no matter if we are dressed in pink and sparkles, if we are wearing camo and about to, you know, fight yeah. <laughs> you know, all of those things. It's just, it's just that internal um, connection with ourselves and the relationship that we have with ourselves. Yeah. So Savannah, where can people find you online? I know that you aren't as active as you used to be, but you do share some like really beautiful quotes and wisdom and just like kind of photos and, and little videos of your journey in the air force. So where can people find you pimp yourself out? <laughs> yeah. So I'm on Instagram at the savvy traveler. Uh, like you said, I'm not as active on it, but my whole goal with that page is really just to uplift you. And so if you're ever looking at it and you feel anything but positive feelings, I invite you to not look at it, to go do something else. But if it inspires you to do more, be more, achieve more, um, definitely reach out to me and I try to give as much advice as I can with what little knowledge I have through my life experiences. <laughs> but yeah, I think that um, knowledge is power. So I, I love sharing my advice of things that I've gone through, my experiences with others. Um, and I think that's the best way to grow and to build this community up of powerful people, powerful women, and to do this together because we're all in this together. We're all in this. <laughs> yeah. Cue high school musical. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. All of Savannah's info will be in the show notes so you can follow along on her fighter pilot journey. Savannah, thank you. I love you. I'm so proud of you. And thanks everyone so much for listening. We will chat with you all very soon. Bye. <laughs> thank you, babes, so much for joining me today. If you love this podcast, I would really appreciate it if you gave us a five-star rating and review on iTunes. It really helps the podcast to be discovered by all of the amazing women who could benefit from this work and from healing in a heal. Also, don't forget to follow along on Instagram at Studio Soli Luna and on YouTube to stay up to date on all the heels, burlesque, and spirituality content that your soul desires.